This is exactly right. I learned this with my marriage as well. My first marriage was that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on in your relationship except you and your partner. And you and and you really need to trust that and not let external sources or look for external validation. There's no reason for that. Just stick with what, you know, you guys have between you and you'll and and I think there's a lot more truth there. Welcome to Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan. This show is about making the world a more loving, accepting, and compassionate place, one parent, one person, and one child at a time. The key to raising healthy and engaged kids is for parents to seek the same in their own lives while striving to be the best versions of themselves each day. No matter who you are or where you came from, with increased awareness, you can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint for your children, your family, and all those you care about while living your own life to the fullest. Today's show is egg freezing, fertility, astrology, and more with Marissa Brown. Marissa is a Los Angeles-based editor and writer with nearly two decades of professional experience covering lifestyle, astrology, parenting, and pop culture. Whether she's delivering expert-voiced astrology writing, doing one-on-one interviews with celebrities like Serena Williams, Jimmy Fallon, Chrissy Teigen, or Kristen Bell, developing and penning unique horoscopes for publications like Shape or brands like Neutrogena, or tackling in-depth features on buzzworthy trends, her copies known to be conversational and substantive. Marissa has appeared in both live and tape-to-air video segment and a commentator on Good Morning America and HuffPost Live. Her content area specialties includes women's health, sex relationships, beauty, astrology, and pop culture. And she has her first book coming out next year. Everyone, please welcome Marissa to the show. Hi, Marissa. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Great to be here. How? Okay. I started reading all your stuff and I went on your website. You know, I had to do my prep thing, watch some videos. And my first question is, how did you become a content editor, excuse me, a content specialist on so many different topics? <laughs> well, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a writer when I, oh, I kind of actually like declare that I am a writer, I guess, more, yes. <laughs> more to the point, um, at five years old. And mm. then in middle school, I, I started kind of thinking in terms of, well, I can't just write books because that's not going to make me money on a week to week basis. (laughs) So how can I, how can I funnel these skills and the things that I like to do into more of a career, uh, you know, and started looking into journalism and, and wanting to be a journalist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, journalists, we know a a little bit about a lot. Um, However, there are certain, as you noted, areas of expertise and astrology being one of them. I, um, that's kind of like my, my career as well. You know, I, I'm a child of astrologers and grew up with it in our home and got a lot of fun stories about that too, if you want to get into it, but. Oh, we're going to, um, we're going to get into that for sure. And I yeah. got, I brought in, I'm bringing some of my own astrological signs for you for later today. So you can, you know, oh, I love that. you can empower me and empower us with your wisdom. But I am interested in, <laughs> 
in this upbringing. So what, what was it like in your home um, and with your parents being um, into astrology? Yeah. So my a little bit of backstory on that is that my father, between getting his undergrad and master's, was just on a road trip with a frat buddy. And it was 1969. <laughs> so you can mm-hmm. imagine. They came across a hippie commune and um, they were studying astrology. And my dad was like, hey, this is interesting. I think I'd like to learn more about this. So then very much like dove into it and started mm-hmm. teaching himself quite a bit, learned his chart decided uh, to head back to his hometown outside of Chicago after getting his master's and ran into a family friend and was like, I'd like to meet a Pisces woman because (laughs) (laughs) I know my mom's in Pisces. And if I met someone whose son was in Pisces, that would be a good match for me. So she was like, oh yeah, my best friend's a Pisces. Let me introduce you. So that's how my parents met. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like he he made the introduction based on that astrological ask right there yeah exactly wow <laughs> and they're gonna be at 45 years married um oh, shortly wow, here cool. so it's really cool um so yeah i mean it just sort of was treated like um the weather you know talking about oh, the moons in aries be extra careful out there on the road people are gonna be aggressive <laughs> um mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. um uh, my father really loves to use charts and do research. Um, he's, he was a commodities broker for a long time. So he would, he very much uses it in his work. So, wow. you know, he'll talk about like, yeah, you know, aspects in, in terms of the of financial markets. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, at times, especially as like a tween teen, I was like, they're ridiculous. Why do I have to, <laughs> you know, worry about these extra things? Like life is complicated and, and, you know, there's there's just adolescent problems in and of themselves. And, you know, everything feels bigger, right? So right, right. then to have your mom being like, well, you have to worry about this full moon. <laughs> like On top right. of everything else. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I will say it was also very empowering. And I, and I write about this in my book. I felt very seen in a way that I, I want, I really hope for other kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, of mm-hmm. younger parents, hopefully coming up to be seen because they understood my chart from the minute. I, I mean, my dad was like watching the clock like a hawk when my mom gave birth <laughs> for mm-hmm. each of for me and my siblings and, um, immediately got a chart run, immediately got some analysis on it and, um, under, they understood it themselves. Right. So they understood who I was in a way that, um, is unique <laughs> because it's yeah. a language of astrology that they understood. So they knew that as a Virgo, I'd be kind of in my head sometimes. Um, and that as a, with my Leo and my chart as well, like that I like the spotlight and then they would give that, you know, hold that space mm. for me. So I, I think that was very, um, I was very fortunate to have that. It's like in, in child psychology, um, we always talk about, it's like, gosh, I just wish, why don't kids come with a roadmap? And right. this is, this is a type of roadmap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always love, I'd love to nerd out on the overlap between psychology and astrology 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much. My one of my best friends is a is a, a therapist who specializes in psychodynamic psychoanalytic work. Um, so we're often, you know, trading notes. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I mean, that's that that what you just said right there is a very much a key motivation for me in writing the book is that if I can just make connecting between parent and little one a little bit easier and take a little mm-hmm. bit of stress off of a parent um, as they're getting to know their kid. Uh, I feel like so, so fortunate to yeah, have that opportunity. It is. And so the book, can you, can you give us a teaser about, sure. about what's to come? Yeah. Tell us. Sure. Sure. Um, so yes, we're you know, definitely, there's a more official rollout to come. So I can't get into too much of the, some certain specifics, but I can tell you kind of yeah, a broad yeah. overview of what the book, covers. Um, it very much focuses specifically on um, birth through three, mm-hmm. but kind of with an eye toward the future. You know, sometimes I'm going to be referencing things that might not come until a little bit further down the road um, because, you know, this is like preparing you for not only interacting with them when they're that young, but, you know, beyond. Um, and I also really emphasize the importance of getting to know yourself as a parent mm-hmm. and um, because I think that that's obviously so key to them being able to get to know your, your little one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like, okay, here's what each sign means. I really want to educate people and empower people to understand that it's much more than just your sun sign. Astrology, you know, natal astrology, birth astrology, it comes down to your whole birth chart. It's a snapshot of the sky when you were born. So mm-hmm. not just the sun, but the moon and Mercury and Mars and Venus and, you know, like all the planets where they were, the signs they were in, the exact degrees at which they were in that sign, and then the house that they were in, in your chart, which is like a circle. Like some people refer to it on you know social media. as like a circle chart. Sometimes apps will just give you like a listing of what your signs are, but I really encourage you to see if you can find that circle chart and, and mm-hmm. try to, it's intimidating, but I walk you through it in the book, how you can better understand that and understand it for your child, because there's just so many cool layers there mm-hmm. that really give you such cool intel that mm-hmm. um, you can better understand like, oh, my baby's moon is in. Um, the fifth house and the fifth house is creativity. So I can really nurture. That's how you nurture someone mm-hmm. through their moon mm-hmm. sign. Um, and maybe I can nurture them through an, you know, I show them, I love them with an coming up with a cool art project um, mm-hmm. or putting on a play together or something like that. So um, a lot of insights like that uh, throughout the book. And then we also get into self-expression and learning and health mm-hmm. and well-being. And then parent and child relationships. And I also encourage the reader throughout the book, again, don't just read your sun signs. If you only know your sun signs, cool. That's a great place to start. But if you can, you can use the book for all different placements and in different sections, I'm like, okay, we're talking about self-expression. If you know your baby's mercury sign, try to check that out in this section. So cool. We, so (laughs) my, my, in the last, our kids are older now in the last handful of years my wife has taken a deep dive into astrology and it's become a oh, part of our regular conversation which is why i know some of the things i'm going to share later to see what you have to say about them but i but just to validate what you're saying learning 
all of this about our kids, because of course the parenting journey really never ends. It's 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 a long term um, it's a long term venture. Knowing this in their later adolescence was still really helpful for us to know. Oh yeah, that orientation and um, where they've been, where they're going, how it interacts, where their lines are. I mean, it, it just goes on and on forever. And it would have been so helpful to understand that when they were young, which is what you're yeah. speaking about. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to really hear that. Cool. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause they can't tell you right. That they love art or that they are like a Scorpio doesn't want to say what they find to be very, very private and, and maybe, uh, you know, they want, they're very, very mysterious mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to people, but you know, it's like, okay. I, you know, I, if I had understood Scorpio as a kid, as a big sister, even with my little brother, who's very Scorpionic, I would have, better understood you know we kind of we have a little sub sibling section <laughs> and it's like yeah. you know that, yeah. that that's a whole angle in and of itself right like I wish that I had kind of better understood that he was more private than me and not as excited about being out and sharing his feelings <laughs> the way that I am mm-hmm. yes in hindsight would have been good to know right but yeah. uh you know so the other thing that it's oddly not um I didn't say this in your bio is you write regularly on parenting topics, right? It's like, this is the most obvious thing of one of, you know, one of the, our connected topics uh, for the show is you're writing for parenting um, daily, weekly. I mean, you write so much. That's actually how we met through that article on um, narcissistic grandparents, I believe. Yeah, so it was for Parents Magazine. Yep. Right, right. So how, how, this is again one of your other expert content areas and and being a writer on parenting as a parent to be what's that what's that experience like for you well and when i mean I say, I've been when doing I say it, parent to oh, be yeah. i mean you know in the future because we're we're, oh, we're yes. slowly moving our way to the other topic of the show absolutely sure yeah i mean i've been covering parenting since like 2011, maybe even a little bit before that. Um, so it's been, you know, a long time. And I started in my 20s when parenthood was quite a ways off. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wanted to be a mom someday. I was not quite there yet. And I was surrounded by a lot of people who were already very much in the weeds with it. And I felt I definitely had imposter syndrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. you know, like there's definitely, it's strange because with any other type of um, beat that you could cover as a journalist. It's like, oh, sure. You don't have to be an astronaut to cover space. You don't have to right. be a scientist to write for pop sci. Like but when I've interviewed some sources at times and they're like, well, you know how that is about, you know, a toddler or something. And like hesitate to say that, you know, I've been an aunt and I mm-hmm. have lots of friends with little ones and or kids of all ages, teens too. And, um, but no, I have not experienced that firsthand yet. And when I've admitted that, you know, there's sometimes there's a reaction of like, how can you write parenting content when you're not a parent yet? But it's like, right. I'm a journalist. Right, right, right. <laughs> and right. Um, I'm very passionate about it, obviously, as we've kind of already covered, because parenting is just, I mean, talking about humans raising other little humans, right? And we've all been, if you've been if you've been a child, you've, you know, had a childhood, like you kind of get, <laughs> exactly. obviously it's not everything, but like, and I'm sure there will be things that shock me. I, I fully admit that I know that, you know, mm-hmm. you're never fully prepared, but I do feel like at least from a, 
information standpoint, I've been inundated and I've been very much in the weeds on the research and um, yeah. storytelling aspect of parenthood for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, your research is extensive and um, I think people sometimes, <laughs> sometimes get confused with um, expert research and journalism versus a memoir. I mean, they're very mm. different things, you know, in terms of researching. I mean, what what you do, what is so helpful for the masses is going to the experts and compiling lots and lots of information that is user-friendly and digestible for parents to be able to learn something in a reasonable-sized you know, piece of writing that they can digest and then put into practice. Absolutely. Yeah, that's my goal. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think and I feel, you know, I'm, I'm very motivated to do that because I really believe that information is power and, you know, feeling like, like you said, there's no roadmap. And I've interviewed uh, like I can think of a celeb dad I interviewed recently who was like, I can't believe he was just reminiscing on how they just hand you, you know, you're at the hospital and you, your wife gives birth and then they hand you this little human and they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> and then just kind of like the deer yeah. in headlights feeling that he had in that mm -hmm. moment. Um, and again, experience is different from reading about something on in parents magazine, but like, you know, there's, there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom and research that I, I, uh, you can pull together yes. and, and hopefully help somebody get through a moment like that and know exactly. that it's going to be okay. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about this other major part of your life, which, um, you're letting people know about your story because it's, it's a road that a lot of people are traveling and, and from the people that I've talked to and the people who I've personally known who have gone through, um, freezing eggs and, um, fertility treatments, it is, it is a road and it is different in my experience from hearing for everyone. What, mm -hmm. so tell us about your journey. Sure. So I um, was married at like 29 to my ex-husband and we thought we would be, you know, moving down that path of becoming parents together, um, but it didn't work out. And uh, we separated in when I was, um, I don't know exactly how old I was at that point, but it was in 2017. Okay. And, um, so, I mean, I was in my early thirties and I think it was, egg freezing was very much on my mind because I mean, at 29, when I was getting married, part of what I was feeling pressure around was not only like, I've been with this person for, you know, certain number of years and we have to move forward. Right. So that means getting married. And that also means, um, like, oh, my clock is ticking and we got to get on the ball with like, you know, having a kid and that didn't happen. So then we got separated and like, I don't know how long it'll be until I meet somebody and, and, and remarry and, um, and have a chance at becoming a mom. So that's something that I've talked about ever since. And I really, I actually haven't written a piece on it yet, but I really feel very passionate and want to write about how, like, we talk about all these things that can like 
like, first of all, that not everybody's timeline is the same when it comes to mm-hmm. having a baby, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 or, you know, expanding your family. Um, but also that we talk about all different reasons that the timeline might be different. And we don't talk too much about how sometimes the best laid plans, you know, like you, you, you had this plan, plan A over here. You thought I was going to marry this, I'm going to marry this person and we're going to have a kid and we're going to have a family and this is what it's going to look like. And then it doesn't work out. And then your timeline changes and your picture changes. So like I moved out to Los Angeles from the New York area um, in 2017. And and I remember writing on a whiteboard, I was like writing goals and thoughts as they would come to me and stuff. And I was like, egg freezing, I might want to cover it for one of the publications I write for, you know, start looking into that. <laughs> but I was very much like starting my new life. And it, it was kind of um, slow, a slow going kind of move target for me mm-hmm. um because there's a lot of other stuff i feel like i kind of needed to do first um and we, we might talk about that a little bit later but th- you know going to therapy was one of those things and um but finally was able to connect with kind body is a fertility clinic that um they also do other types of care um for um parents to be and um people seeking reproductive health you know, care. Um, and they're amazing and they're all over the country. Um, I worked with them on a few stories for parents, um, you know, talking about fertility and, um, this very, very topic. And I thought, all right, they could be a really great partner for me in this. Um, and it was sort of like another thing of like, well, you know, you just can't force the timing on anything. (laughs) Um, I had started seeing my now fiance and Mm -hmm. initially we were not on the same page about, about having a family together. Um, and so I was just like, well, I need to do what is best for me. I need to make sure that I make this investment in my reproductive future. Um, regardless of, you know, what these talks are that are continuing. I mean, it was never, it was never like an absolutely not, let's not even talk about it. That's why we continued to see one another, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, all Mm -hmm. right, well, we're not on the same page, but we care for each other very, very much. So let's just have this be an active ongoing conversation. And Um, let me, let me just say, these are very, for everyone listening, like these are very important conversations to have, um, pre- marriage and very healthy conversations to have. And it's not as much about necessarily being on the same page, but you're actually talking about these very important issues. Right. Totally. I know it blows my mind that some people don't learn these things potentially until after they've tied the knot and um, just communication is everything. (laughs) I could go on and on about that. Um, But um, and you know, and I definitely had people in my life who were like, I don't understand. How could you be with somebody who doesn't see eye to eye with you on such a big thing? And I was like, cause it's not, it's not this black and white thing. It's not no, absolutely no, or absolutely yes. Sometimes people have a little bit of a, a their own timing to get to something right to get to that. Yes. So it really felt like that was this situation that we were on a journey together to trying to figure out, could we get instinct on it. Um, but in the meantime, I was like, I am getting older. I really want to have the best shot at being able to have a baby. 
um, you know, at some point in the near future. So let me do this egg freezing um, journey. And um, in March of this year, finally was able because COVID threw a whole wrench in things too, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, and the stress of COVID, I will say, like you know, a lot of women have been going through this, like, or people who menstruate, you know, have been going through this, where it's just like stress has thrown off your period, and starting your egg freezing cycle can be very much tied to that. So I had that going on as well. So I thought I was going to do it in the fall. That didn't work out with my cycle. And finally, March of this year, we did it. Um, and actually, hope to be doing embryos soon as well. Because wow. we are on the same page about having a baby now, All of right. course, you know you got there through a few conversations. Yeah, we got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and therapy conversations, nice. therapy, nice. and and love, and realizing like we just talked to our rabbi who's marrying us um, a little bit about this, and and my fiance mentioned just that like he he needed to see that he was with the right partner. You know, it's mm. like such a huge mm -hmm. thing to. Mm -hmm. um, know that you're going to be going through this huge, it's a huge thing, right? People, yeah. like, I, I kind of, I'm impressed when people take it so lightly, <laughs> but yeah. I just, it's a really big deal and we yeah. take it very seriously. And he wanted to be sure that he was with somebody he could see himself becoming a parent with. And, um, I totally respect that. And we very much feel that way about each other. So we're excited. <laughs> Congratulations. That's exciting. And, that's, and that also is such a good example for all of us about the not black and white. Right. So what you talked about, yep. if, if, if you were listening to some of the advice that you were given, the relationship would have ended once you just heard, no, nope, I don't really want to have kids. And then done. Yep. Right. Without conversation, without this Goodbye. process, without the love and the development with both of you individually and together and look where it leads when you can, when you can hold that space and sort of like, let's, let's just keep talking about this because I really care a lot about you. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so, I'm so thrilled you get it, Dr. Dan, because yeah, it's like kind of crazy how some people couldn't wrap their head around what that would look like. And also, uh, I learned this, you know, with my marriage as well. My first marriage was that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on in your relationship except you and your partner. And you and and you really need to trust that and not let external sources or look for external validation. There's no reason for that. Just stick with what, you know, you guys have between you and you'll and and I think there's a lot more truth there. <laughs> How how stressful was this process for you? Not not the relationship aspect, the actual freezing um, sure. process. Uh, it was stressful in that I was kind of psyching myself out because I had I'm an information gatherer, right? And I have heard a lot of stories, positive but also not so positive. Um, I even had told my doctor, my reproductive endocrinologist, who held my hand through the whole process, uh, Dr. Kristen Bendixson, I want to give her a shout out. She was, she's amazing. Um, and I, I had said to her, I'm like, I've heard some horror stories. Cause like, 
you know, they really have to get the medication very, um, it's very specific. It's kind of an art. It's a science and an art to get the dosing just right so that it's not too much or too little because you're stimulating um, the ovaries and the eggs um, to all grow, hopefully kind of like in tandem, sort of at a certain rate, you know, so that you get Mm -hmm. the best results. Um, and I had heard stories about, you know, overstimulation basically. Um, and then there's also the risk of like, they tell you not to do certain types of exercise. I like Mm -hmm. to work out. Um, so I was kind of paranoid about that because you can also run the risk of ovarian torsion, which sounds horrifying. Um, (laughs) so I just, I knew a lot. That's kind of, that's one of my things that I've been saying also about the journalist usually knows a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's the delicate balance of like, okay, yes, I know this, but that doesn't mean that will be my experience. Um, and my doctor was actually like, it's good that you've heard all these horror stories because some of my patients have not. And so they're like, not, they don't realize that, you know, just by comparison, basically my experience or, you know, your, anybody's experience could be, um, not as hairy, I guess, if they know right. if they know about the hairiest possibilities. So, um, I, I mostly was stressed because I, you know, <laughs> we're talking about my book. I was trying to do, just always trying to do too much. <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of, lately yep. that's the theme of my life. And so I was trying to squeeze it in, you know, when I didn't have a big book deadline. I had just had a big book deadline. I think, you know, submitting my full manuscript or something like that. And I really mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I got that off my desk before I um, started the medications. And and because I really want to be present. And, and, and um, it's a lot, you know, time commitment, energy commitment. Mm-hmm. It actually goes really fast once you're doing it. Um, but you're going into the clinic every other day or every two days um, for uh, transvaginal ultrasound and blood work to see how you're progressing. Um, and it's uh, that's why a lot of people were doing it during lockdown because, you know, they were working from home and they were able to more readily make those trips. Um mm-hmm. And, and find the time because what else were they doing? They weren't going out to happy hour. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, it, you know, juggling that in with work and a book and, um, life, it, it was, a, it, that was stressful. Um, also learning how to give myself the shots, um, yeah. and, or, you know, teaching Kyle, my fiance, how to do that. Um, that's a little nerve wracking, I would say. Like some people have categorized, you know, characterized it as terrifying. You know, <laughs> like everybody has different reactions to being given needles and and medicine and told, like, okay, now you're own, you're your own nurse at home <laughs> and put this yeah. in your belly. Um, and yeah. I get that. Uh, but I think you know, practice makes perfect. And then by like mm-hmm. night three, night four, felt like okay, I got this. Um bruises are starting to show up and you're kind of like, wow, I feel kind of beat up, but it's all for the greater, you know, you just kind of keep your end game Mm -hmm. in mind. And that really motivated me. And even at times when I was like, Ooh, my results might not be what I had hoped. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about that. That's another part of it is like every Mm -hmm. step of the way you're, you've got question marks. So then you just kind of have to be like, I've got faith. It's all going to work out. And how long is that phase? That, that you just described from a time perspective? Um, 
it could be like up to two weeks. Mine was, I think my cycle was like 12 days. So Mm -hmm. from the time Mm -hmm. you start your um, shots to the time that you Mm -hmm. have your egg retrieval, but then even after you have your egg retrieval, um, well, you know, and, and IVF is a different process, right? Cause then you mm-hmm. can potentially have, um, an embryo transfer, but that's separate. So this is just getting, retrieving the eggs and then having those frozen. So, but even once that's happened, you like, Oh, I'm free and in the clear and I can go back to working out, having sex, doing all my normal things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, <laughs> you have two <laughs> more weeks, two more weeks or until you get your period until you can really get to go back to, you know, life as usual, activity as usual. Um, so uh, it's really a month, you know, yeah. at least a month. And then there's and some it, prep going into it, like to get your medications and to talk to your providers about how it all works. And so then from here, okay, so that's an intense, an intense month, which you uh, persevered, uh, sounds like with success. And so, so what take us through these next steps and decision points, if there are any? Oh, sure. Well, so, you know, um, after you have your egg retrieval, they tell you how many, like I was in recovery, you know, they put you under. Um, and when I was in recovery and conscious, <laughs> my provider came in and explained like, you know, we, this is how many we got. But of those, again, another question mark, even though you get a certain number of eggs, only a certain number of those will be mature. So they won't freeze all of them. They'll only freeze mm-hmm. the mature ones. Um, so my number was, I don't really love to, I, I feel like there's some kind of like, depends. I don't know. But like, I think it's not the best necessarily to say exact numbers because it's like, everybody's different and everybody's right. best and what right. they're happy about is, yes. you know, yes. different. And, and mm-hmm. so, but I was pleased. I was, I was pleasantly surprised that it was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and in fact, my acupuncturist was like, Oh, you're all set. You're good. And I was like, well, I'm an overachiever, so I'm not <laughs> <laughs> never good enough. Yes. No, I got to yeah. have more. I want to really yeah. like, cause you, there's all these calculators and you can put in like, Oh, I have this many eggs. Um, and I'm this, and I had them retrieved at this age. And so then it will give you like a percentage chance of like what, you know, chance of a live birth you mm-hmm. have. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I want to get that percentage up. <laughs> So, and we've got, we've got, now that we're on the same page, you know, like we're like, all right, let's do some, not just eggs, let's do the embryos. Um, Cause then we'll have those set aside as well. So I'm hoping to do that in August. Um, another moment when there might be a mm-hmm. time to like kind of get, yeah. get it done before, before I just th- turn 39 and mm-hmm. also uh, like at the tail end of my book stuff, it's almost going to be going to press at that point nice. so <laughs> nice. yes um and then yeah and then we're getting married in february and um nice you know ho- hope to continue down that that exciting path you know soon thereafter well congratulations and it's Thank such you. a it's such a um it's such a wonderful story for everyone to hear about these timelines that we have in our head and the way that we think things are going to, I mean, we all have way, most of us have ways we think things are going to go. We have these ideas growing up um, in one way or another. And as you point out, a lot of life and a lot of circumstances unfolds, which often 
change some of these ideas that we have. And it's one of the most important human characteristics uh, of emotional intelligence is flexibility and adaptability, right? Being able to mm. being able to be open and adapt to what is before you. We often talk about mindfulness as well, right? Being accepting yep. of the reality that we are in and go from there. And, and um, I'm, I'm not saying there were not some tough times and uh, disappointments along the way. However, you kept at what you were looking for and, <laughs> and seems That's like right. finding a way to achieve because you are an achiever. What, <laughs> what, what you are, what you were setting out with relationship and family. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel seen. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's kind of been how I've been my whole life with all different things, like, you know, in terms of my career and, um, uh, I, I'm very like I, the Leo, you know, go getter and, and optimistic. And I think of someone like, uh, a Leo, you know, Barack Obama is one of my Leo, um, Leo icons. <laughs> He was very much persistent and positive and upbeat and sunny, even in the toughest mm -hmm. times. Ah, uh, well, you just took <laughs> us back. You just took us back to astrology. So, can I throw something at you here? Sure, of course. Okay, so you know, growing up, I always knew that I was Gemini because, of course, that's the simple way that everyone looks at things like this. But I have more information. So, Gemini Sun. Scorpio rising, Libra moon, my north node is in Pisces, and my south node is in Virgo. Oh, okay. Very cool. So can um, you tell, tell us kind of what that means? Absolutely. Sure. So um, with your sun being in Gemini and your moon, you said in <clears throat> Libra, right? Yes. Both air signs. Um, if I, if I had your chart in front of me, I could tell you a little bit more, um, specifically if they're like how closely they sync, mm -hmm. but just based on the fact that they're both air signs, um, very, um, there, there, there's a harmony there between, so your sun is your core identity and your moon, as I mentioned previously, is like how you want to be nurtured, but it's like, I like to explain it as your emotional compass. So your core identity and your emotional compass are, are in harmony and in this very much like um, kind of people oriented way. Like mm -hmm. I, I, what you just said to me is just very much illustrate. It's so cool when you hear somebody's placements and they just very much illustrate what the person is doing in their life. Um, and I just feel like, like that says to me that you're very, and, and Libra is the ruler of the seventh house of partnership. Um, so I would imagine partnering is very important to you, like not obviously yes. just in like that romantic sense, but with, you know, business partners and, um, you know, your kids and, and just like one-on-one -on -one interaction is like very fulfilling and nurturing for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but in, in general air signs like Gemini and Libra, um, are, are invested in people and, um, so being social, um, I, I would imagine lockdown was probably kind of difficult for you because that was like my Gemini people and my Libra people who I noticed were just like, what, when is this going <laughs> to end? Yeah. I need to be like, cause they, or they were just like glued to zoom and FaceTime all day, every day, as much as they mm -hmm. could be and didn't mind it because that like you need that. 
mm-hmm. um, and thrive on it. Um, but Scorpio rising, um, my honey's a Scorpio rising too. I know. And I have a lot of friends who are Scorpio rising, you know, you, there's, um, it's co-ruled Scorpio is a water sign, a fixed water sign, um, fixed being like, there's three types modalities of signs. So not only do we have the elements, water, fire, earth, air, um, but we have the modalities fixed, cardinal and mutable. And I get into that in the book some, which I think is really um, a fun way to look at things that people haven't quite looked at necessarily in that way before, because it's a way to see like, this is kind of like your kid's personality type or a person's personality type, right? Mm -hmm. Fixed is very much like, I find something I like and I like it forever. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And I, and I have a plan and I'm going to stick to it and very much follow through almost to a fault. Sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a lacking of flexibility with fixed energy. Mutable is very adaptable. Uh, They also suffer from indecisiveness. And then cardinal are like the go-getters, love big picture thinking, may not be the best to follow through, kind of always looking for that shiny new thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so Scorpio's fixed, um, but you know, that means that you're rock steady. That's how you, well, first of all, I should back up a second. Your rising sign is how you present to the world. That's how mm-hmm. people perceive you. Not necessarily like your sun is how you see yourself and who you are at your core. Right. But your rising is how you it's like your brand <laughs> ah, <laughs> and Scorpio is like very family oriented and water signs all all the water signs are. Um, but there's also like this depth thing going on with Scorpio. You really want to get under the surface. You really want to talk about like, you know, what are those skeletons in the closet? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's be real here. Let's be real exactly. here. Let's go straight to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it's super interesting. You told me your North Node, because North Node is like what you're moving toward in this life, whereas the Mm -hmm. South Node is kind of like your comfort zone, what you already know, either from Mm -hmm. past life or early life. So my sister actually is a doctor, naturopathic doctor, and she has North Node in Pisces as well. And we've been talking about that a lot. And Mm. it's like, you know, Virgo, you know that Virgo is the day-to-day routine stuff and like making lists and checking things off. And like, you know, it's very satisfying being in the weeds like that. But Pisces is like the stuff you can't necessarily put your finger on. It's the spiritual stuff, dreams, Mm -hmm. healing. I mean, both, Mm -hmm. I like to say Virgo likes to heal too. It's very service oriented, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's more in those practical ways. And Pisces wants to like, is, is the ultimate empath. So um, you are totally doing your North Node, I would say, mm-hmm. by helping people heal um, through conversation, which is, you know, your Gemini and Libra. Does that all make sense? Yeah, that, that <laughs> totally that totally fits. Um, thank you for that. And it's fun to watch you. It's fun to watch you do your thing. Um, how <laughs> I just imagine how your mind is putting all of these things together. Um, so to to one last question. And then we're going to go to the parent footprint moment question. And this relates to your book, which I can't wait to come out. And I hope, I hope we <laughs> can have you. another conversation in a do a deep dive about your book when that happens. Me too. Is, um, so if you're a parent and then this here, I know this is not everything, but this is some of the, um, you know, some of the main signs 
what are you thinking about when you're parenting a young person with my sign? I'm just trying to help people see how this information can get them to think about their kids and make parenting decisions. Absolutely. Sorry, could you just repeat, Dr. Denton, um, when they what when they have that information in front of them, how can they use it? Right. Exactly. So if you as a parent know that you have this kid like me that has these signs, oh, okay. what are you what are you thinking about as in your parenting of that little person? So so specifically your placements, you're saying yes. your signs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah just yeah, as, yeah. An, right. as, so as an example. Just as an example. Little Dr. Dan, got it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if I had a child, you know, I saw those placements, I would say, like, you know, we talk about in the book that Gemini is very much, it's ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication. Most of us know Mercury from Mercury retrograde and are all freaked out about Mercury yes. retrograde. And yes. I don't blame you. And I'm going to have, I have a lot more to say on that um, <laughs> as well um, at, a, at a later date. Hopefully um, there might be another project coming down the road. Right? We'll see. Um, <laughs> but um Obviously, there's a lot more than just retrograde. Um, when it comes to Mercury, it is how you express yourself and um, take in information. And as my mentor pointed out to me recently, too, Gemini is not just wonderful at communicating, but you are also very, very adept listeners, which is obviously very much you're doing, your Gemini. Um, so I would, I would understand that my child, you know, has this propensity to take in information and then disperse it as best they can. Like they're constantly on a mission to do that. Mm -hmm. And Libra moon really wanting a partner, really wanting to do things one-on-one. -on -one. Let's play together one-on-one. -on -one. Let's get you on a play date early on with a little one. You're a peer who you can partner with on a, a little um, game or a puzzle or something like that, or just hang out together. <laughs> you know, I'll bring my best friend's kid and we'll, and, and I know that my kid's going to be really happy to do that. Um, to hang out and, um, what else? Scorpio rising. I would not be surprised if my kid was just very, like had a charisma about them that, you know, kind of drew people in and, um, and also perhaps was very like interested in, um, having family time. I mean, like kind of very much respecting family time. Um, mm -hmm. there's this reverence for tradition that kind of comes with Scorpio energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then because the North node being in Pisces, you could, you know, just keep in mind, like there's a sensitivity there. You want to nurture, nurture that, nurture the, um, interest in the ethereal and um, spiritual and magical, um, maybe some early Harry Potter or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and talking about like, um, one thing I talk about in the book a lot with Pisces energy is that they are so sensitive and they are taking in so much. And, and something I talked to my sister about too, as a doctor, like you're taking in so much energy of other people all the time it's really important to be setting a boundary and really being able to differentiate this is mine and that is yours, you know, mm -hmm. from a yeah. very early uh, age. And I think. Yes. <laughs> little, little Dr. Dan understands that comment right there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. So you can yeah. just kind of look at all these different pieces and um, 
figure out ways that you can meet your kid where they're at, right? And 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 see the yeah. world through their pers- through their lens, through their perspective in order to um offer them what they need. And I also want to quickly mention too that like it's it, it was through talking to my therapist and uh my friend who's a therapist that I as I was writing the parent child part specifically mm-hmm. in the book, mm-hmm. the how you connect and how you clash. I initially was like, well, you know, traditionally you might say like, here's a way to get your kid to do what you want <laughs> based on their astrology. Right. But I'm not writing that. That's absolutely, I, I kind of like early on refuse. That's not, that's not the voice of this book. This yeah. book is how can the parent adapt mm-hmm. <laughs> to hold the, the most space for their kid? This is so cool. It, Marissa, it is so cool. Thank you. I, um, it's this information for a parent to have when the young being hits this realm. I mean, it's just it, just right there, and you just scratched the surface um, in in you know doing this through through my through my signs um, and placements. It'd just be so helpful. Like it would have been so helpful for us to have this for our kids um, when they came into this world. It explains so much about this disposition and this nature that our kids come in with and they are these beings b- before we can even influence them. They're already these certain beings with certain um, proclivities and uh, orientations. So, so cool. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to uh, learn more from your book and our future conversation oh, about you. it. Yes, okay. me too. <laughs> so are you ready for the parent footprint moment question? I am. Okay, here we go. Tell us about a time that you became aware of yourself as an individual or an awareness of yourself as a parent-to-be or an awareness of your own parents. And whatever that new awareness was, it had a positive impact on your own life and those you love. Oh, definitely. So I can't say enough about the power of (laughs) therapy. Uh, I just think that it's like, I don't understand why we don't treat it the same as going to the gym or taking walks or <laughs> doing breath work or any of that. I think it's just, it's it's not necessarily that you have to have, um, you know, be struggling to benefit from it. Um, and when I separated from my ex and moved across the country, I... I was fortunate enough to have a very close friend who is a therapist I've mentioned previously with you, um, who, you know, encouraged me to do some healing and, and self-exploration around what, what I had just been through and to kind of figure out the roots of it as well. And in an effort to not only understand the past, but to make sure that I have the brightest possible future so that I wouldn't repeat history. Um, so it was very much a priority when I moved to Los Angeles to get a therapist right away and, and start working through that. Um, and I've been working with her since 2017 and I just have feel like I've made a lot of personal growth and there've been a lot of aha moments, of course, along Mm -hmm. the way. Um, but just, yeah, on a regular basis, being able to understand like, okay, I, I've made these choices because I was raised in a certain way and I saw certain things growing up perhaps, you know, that I thought 
oh, that, you know, that's normal or that's, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with that because that's how my parent behaved. Right. And, um, and, and also understanding myself astrologically, I guess, you know, like Mm -hmm. I said, I like to kind of find the connections between my therapy and astrology. Now I understand myself, not only from a psychological perspective, but astrological and I can be like, all right, I get it. I'm service oriented. I want to try to help people. I want to give of myself. And that's how I show love. Um, but I also, there's a line, right? And then there's only so much you can do. And there's only so much you can't heal somebody for them. Right. You know, and right. so um, that was a huge lesson for me. One of many in therapy. Yeah. And I guess that, that that's what I'll stick with here. Yeah. My response to you. <laughs> it's so, um, it's counseling, therapy, psychotherapy. Um, it is such a privilege and an opportunity to be able to have someone that you trust who you feel gets you and is skilled in helping you become more aware of who you are, why you are who you are, and help you decide how you want to be or guide you in who you want to be based on your own individual personhood and upbringing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, I feel very, very, very fortunate. I'm so grateful that I have (laughs) my therapist. She's like my angel. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, even though like I can see the growth and I can see the change in how I handle certain situations now. Um, and I'm very hopeful that I'm healing generational trauma, um, that I don't, want to pass on to my child one day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still, it's always a work in progress and it's always, yeah. there's always more. And then situations will arise that you're like, I didn't think I would behave this way <laughs> still, but yeah. I was triggered. <laughs> yes. <So. laughs> yep. Right. <laughs> right. No matter how we grow intellectually, still emotionally and physiologically, we still act in those other ways, uh, at yep. times. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I love the humanness of it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, your 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 child, your future child or children um are very uh are very lucky and blessed that you have this awareness and that you're doing this work not only not only on yourself and your own healing, but also the work you're doing in astrology and connecting the parent child piece to this really important understanding of uh, these aspects of a human being and what it, what they bring to the world. Thank you. (laughs) That means a lot. So cool. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us, so tell everyone, um, like where to look for the book, like timing and also again, all of your other writing, um, and where to find everything else that you're doing at the same time. Sure. Um, so I would say the best place to um, stay abreast of all of the latest on the book and my my writing would be to follow me on Instagram. It's Marissa Sylvie, S-Y-L-V-I-E, um, which is my middle name, <laughs> but I'm Marissa Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you'll see my byline around on um, currently on parents, pop sugar, um, shape and in style. Um, I do have a piece coming out about my egg freezing journey on InStyle soon, so I'll be promoting that as well. And then the book will be out um, February 14th is uh, the current pub date. Nice. And 
also will be keeping people um, up on the you know pre-order and and availability of the book um, on my social. Um, so Marissa Sylvie is probably the best spot or MarissaBrown.com. And soon I'll also have a tool on my site where you can run a chart, whether you want to do it for your baby or yourself. That (laughs) is really cool. All right. Yay. (laughs) Nice. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, this is just great stuff. I'm so excited for your book, your work. And um, everyone, check out her website. There are articles on just about everything that you can possibly be interested in. (laughs) Related to culture, your relationships, parenting, uh, beauty, fashion, you name it. Uh, Marissa has research and opinion about it. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, doctor. All right, everyone. That is it for today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for your five-star reviews, for sharing these shows with people you know will benefit and continuing to bring amazing people to our community. Do your best to be the person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question I ask myself each day. What footprint do you want to leave? This has been a Peters and Rossi production. Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan is produced by Laura Rossi. Our engineer is Phil Rossi. Theme music is Strummerman, composed and performed by ProTunes. Artwork is by Garrett Ross. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Parent Footprint Podcast and on Twitter at Dr. Dan Peters. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Follow Parent Footprint with Dr. Dan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show.